Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Today's conversation is a great one. I'm hosting Lisa Shader. She's a financial educator and the creator of Money Fit Moms. She is passionate about empowering women to reach financial independence through basic long-term investing. I know that sometimes we're told that we're not supposed to talk politics, religion, or money, but let's go there today. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to talk about financial education today. That sounds kind of boring, but you are not boring. Let's talk. <laughs> that is that is my passion in life is to take super boring yet life-changing topics and make it fun and interesting and something that you realize like, oh, that's not as complicated as I thought it was. Like that is my calling in life. And especially talking to moms. I'm a mom myself. I have three very precious, very cute, very loud boys. And my life is insane. Being a mom is extremely hard. And so that's just, that's my people. That's who I love to talk to. So I'm thrilled to be talking to you today. Well, I love the fact that we're going to talk about money because I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house where money was talked around, but not talked about. And I don't know if I started adulthood understanding enough. And my kids here in high school have to take a financial literacy class as like a part of their high school graduation requirements. But I saw them take it this summer and I know they did not learn enough in that class. And they're lucky to have even that um, financial education in high schools is something that both sides of the aisle want. But like you, you said, you're a teacher yourself. Yeah. It's just hard to figure out where to find room and curriculum. Who's going to teach it? Like, where is this going to fit in conjunction with all the other required mm-hmm. classes? And so it's, it's great that it's coming about, but it's relatively new in a lot of states and still not required in many states. And I, yeah, like you said, it's such a sensitive topic. It's, it's, you know, causes a lot of issues in marriages because so much of our childhood experiences with money form how we feel about it in adulthood. And so if you haven't talked about it, it becomes this really heated topic very quickly. And especially if you are in the kind of relationship where some, like one person is the primary breadwinner and one is the primary caregiver, we feel attacked, right? If yeah. someone brings up like, oh, you know, it's intimated that the income's not enough. The breadwinner feels attacked. Mm-hmm. If it's intimated our expenses are too high, the person who's the household manager feels attacked. And oh, be, I think you've been in my house. So, like, and we don't yes. mean to attack each other. And like, I'll go back and I'll say, I mean, we've been married 20 years now. So now I've been like, hey, did you mean it that way? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. No, it is so it's so tricky. And so the, the one of the number one recommendations that I make is to have a money meeting. And we like to have ours every month just because we're so busy when we were making significant changes to our finances and just 
living on a shoestring budget. We did it every week because we were just living on love mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, make it work. So whatever the frequency is for you, the value of having a money meeting and we do ours like the first Sunday of a new month. It's just in our calendar. You know, I have yeah. an email reminder and it comes up. If people are on my email list, I send a reminder awesome. on that, the first Sunday of the month, just whatever, if they want a reminder. But the value of that, I tell people, I'm like, imagine you are walking through Costco and someone just tackles you to the ground. Like you can be upset and probably hurt versus if you're in a football game and you get tackled, like same action, but completely different context. And because how prepared you are going into these situations, it's like either way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's finances. It can get a heated discussion, but being prepared for these topics and going in with strategies Uh and getting on the same page with goals can be like such a difference. It doesn't have to be, you know, so hard every time. And, you know, each, each meeting gets a little bit easier, especially when you have, you know, what goal you're working towards. Yeah. You both, you know, want that goal. So there's these little strategies to just, you know, be able to rewrite our money stories, realizing that how we were raised as kids, it's always going to play a part in that. That's something I talk about to our money personalities. Like it's not about erasing it. It's just being aware of these tendencies mm-hmm. we have, whether it's to, you know, be a super spender because it makes us, we're trying to like give our kids the things that we never had. Okay. Or if we are just saving so much because we're so terrified that we're never. Yeah. That you felt the bottom drop out as a kid. Yes. Yeah. That scarcity mindset. Like there's so many things that play into that, but the more we know that we have that, the more we can kind of find that middle way and find that balance. And so I, that's why I love working with moms because they're interested in how to teach their kids, but we're also kind of consequently learning ourselves and kind of becoming aware Uh and healing our own financial wellness along the way. And I, I just completely get that, that we're all figuring this out in real time and people have so much shame that they didn't quote, like do better with money or make better choices. And I am very much like a no shame zone. And I just acknowledge it. Like if you are feeling a certain way when you hear this and you're like, Oh, I should have. I'm like, no, you shouldn't have. Cause if you could, you would have, you didn't know, right. you didn't learn this. Like m- almost no one learned this in school. I learned about investing in the last semester of my master's degree oh, wow. in a business school <laughs> in an elective. So like not even everyone who wow. graduated from my program went and I, you know, I was super lucky. I knew it was an elective, but I was working in a large accounting firm. My background's in tax accounting. And I was seeing colleagues in tax accounting making huge, like, errors in their personal finance. And I, that's when I realized I'm like, no one is learning this stuff. Yeah. And, and that's why I became so passionate about getting that information out there. Because the biggest thing is just people, people don't know. We just clam up when we talk well. about money. Yes. It's worse yeah, than politics. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I love, I'm like, let's talk about it and let's make it not so boring. Let's make it relatable. Yeah. There's a lot of analogies and things to be like, yeah. No. So let's start with the basics of having that monthly money meeting. Are you like both drinking a favorite beverage? Are you adversarial? Are you on the couch? Are you sitting at the dining room table with like red pens? What does it look like practically to set the tone to be ready for that conversation? (laughs) Yeah. So yes, everyone gets to bring their beverage of choice. Ours is usually on a Sunday morning because that's like a nice time in our schedule yeah. where we can find the openness. And we come with laptops because we're laptop people, if you like paper, because the things that we're doing is we are going through and updating our 
net worth, which sounds when people hear net worth, they think like, oh, you know, when people are bragging about billionaires net worth, uh-huh. and they think of Scrooge McDuck, like going to a safe and counting his money. Or diving into pools. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. So besides having a money meeting, calculating your net worth is my other huge recommendation. If people sign up for my free money challenge, it's my number one challenge. And the reason why is it's just a great awareness ex- exercise. So your net worth is your assets, right? Like the balances and all your accounts. And there's so much technology that you're not having to necessarily like log into right. every one of these accounts. And I, you know, I have recommendations for that or whatever, but just like kind of touching all these balances and you go like, Oh, like, I forgot I was going to make my Roth IRA contribution this year. I haven't done it. Or, oh, like our our HSA like contributions, were we going to change that? Or, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just an opportunity like to do the awareness. But the other huge power of calculating your net worth on a, you know, like relatively frequent basis, at least once a year. But like I said, we'll do it. Uh-huh. We try to do it every month is so people are very into budgeting and their cash accounts mm-hmm. because that's what we see every day because that's what we're looking to make sure you know mm-hmm. we have enough money to co- cover our bills and cash is just one part of finance and it is not the key to building wealth you cannot save with cash your way to retirement it's through investing gotcha. and cash is not the key to debt payoff and actually just looking at your cash accounts makes people hesitant to pay off low interest debt because it feels like throwing money out the window. You're not seeing that. Right. But if you're looking at your net worth, so like, for example, I worked with a couple who paid off over 10,000, I think it was like $16,000 of debt in months when, they, and they didn't even start budgeting. They just started tracking their net worth gotcha. because you're seeing the bigger picture of wealth building, yeah. which is right. Like paying off that high interest debt and then starting to invest. And so net worth, calculations, they it automatically checks all the boxes. You're going to be spending less than you earn because if you spend more than you earn, <laughs> it's going to be reflected in your net worth. Right? Yeah. Like, so even if you are like, oh, I should budget, but I'm never going to like, I love budgeting. Like, I, I think it's great. But if you're not like tracking your net worth is kind of like the cheater way to budget because you're going to see yeah. whether you're spending less than you earn, whether you're like not accruing debt or paying it off. And if you're investing, and so we'd go through it. And so this couple would see their net worth increasing every month as they paid off debt, oh, right? Yeah. They're saving on interest. And then we'd have that moment where they'd be like, oh, okay. And like, what's your 401k balance, right? Yeah. You are, you are, you're like putting money in the places where it grows on its own and you are no longer giving money to where it's just a pit, right? Which is paying off debt, which no shame, like, on right. debt. Like I, this is a shame free zone, but it's, it's so much. It's such an effective strategy, no matter what stage you're on, whether you're in debt payoff, whether you're trying to invest more for retirement or you're trying to watch your budget. It's like hits all those boxes. It's really keeping the end in mind of like what your goal is. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So we'll sit down with our laptops, computer net worth. We do have a budget. And so that's when we'll go through and be like, okay, like what's what's going on? How's our emergency fund looking? You know, like sometimes it's. Happier than others. Like I had extreme postpartum anxiety and depression. It was awful. And so it was with my, my first son and we just cleaned out our emergency fund because yeah. we were just in survival mode, but we had an emergency fund mm-hmm. because we've been meeting with these. And then I had it again with my third son, didn't quite totally clean it out, but it was just like, it builds that confidence of like, Hey, like 
sometimes things aren't always perfect, but yeah. we at least have. There's a lot like, of things you can't control, yeah. so you can be right. prepared for those unexpected things. Yes. Yeah. That's a, the goal is to be like 75% know what's going on because it makes that 25% of like, oh my gosh, especially with kids, life is out of control. Oh, Always. There's something. Twice. Yeah. He broke his arm twice in the last year and you're just like, well, we hit that deductible. Like that's why we have an emergency fund. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's out of control always, but at least you spend some time doing that. So yeah. So we will do that. And at the same time, we will give our kids their allowance. Okay. How do month. you do that? Yeah. How does yeah, allowance so, work at your house? Yeah. So I, I, I love research. I love <laughs> like Google scholar. I love articles and I really spent time diving into what's like the perfect, best, most optimized way yeah. to give your kids money. And the truth is there is conflicting research in terms of if it's better, I know too. And I say this all to be like, you know what? Do what works for you. That's right. Like if the experts like, can't figure out what the best thing is. Right. Yes. The- like there'd be one article saying like, we checked, this works better. And the other one being like, mm, we, now we know this is better. And so basically <laughs> if you love keeping a chore chart and paying your kids per chore, whatever, more power to you. We do not do that. We give our kids a set, like a set amount. So yeah. we pay them like $20 a month. A certain amount goes towards giving that we use like, you know, around Christmas we'll go and buy, buy like stockings for like with a lot of goodies for like unhoused people and we'll go around and distribute it because yeah. we live in an area that unfortunately has a really high population. And so, you know what I mean? Just like just yeah, showing them, them how they it. can. Yeah. Yeah. So they set aside some for giving. They put aside some for investing. I do like little investment accounts so they can just kind of start to like gain a little bit like yeah. awareness of that. And then mostly they have, right, they're spending money and they have learned like, oh, if they want expensive things, it takes multiple months to build up to that. Yeah. So they've just gotten the habit of like, if I want X, I'm going to save my money for this number of months. And it's like amazing how young they can understand that. And so, yeah, whether or not you keep track or not, they are kids do have to do chores. It's not that they don't right. do chores. It's just, we don't necessarily link it. Right. To, it's not like you know, they get paid on commission. Like some people yes. try to say yeah. for chores. Yeah. Which is great. And if you love that and that works for you, like I just don't have the brain power yes. for that. Yeah, it's, it wasn't working for us. And my, my thing was, is I saw someone who did it like that. And so her kids could just opt out of chores if they didn't want money. And I did not love that because I'm like, so that's my one, like, you know, there's a Harvard longitudinal longest study of humans that found the two keys for raising successful, happy humans was love from their parents. And it wasn't having perfect parents, right? Good enough. Exactly. Love and chores because you know, they're learning responsibility. So it's like, no, I well, and that makes sense to me as a parent down. educator, because the other part of like Aldarian psychology is that we want to belong, but we also want to feel like we contribute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they do. They're part of the household. And it's like, no, like, I don't, I don't care if you have, cause my one son, he's very content with whatever. And he, <laughs> he's, he'd rather chill, but that's not how life works. Like you can't no. just, and we have this joke that when he says, like, I don't want to do that. And I'll be like, husband, like, good news. We only have to do the things we want now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and my son's like, no, like, <laughs> so yeah, I, my kids contribute, but we don't have like this really intense system. That's why I like do a lot of finance stuff, like just on the once a month, once a month schedule. Cause we're busy. So it's like yeah. once a month, we'll give our kids the money and they're only allowed to have like buy things basically once a month. And there's like some exceptions to that. They have like yeah. a book fair or whatever. And part of that is just for like our simplicity. So our kids are constantly wanting to like scan Amazon or whatever, but also to practice contentment. So they're not just constantly yeah. in this like consumer mode. And it's it so easy in the habit. Yeah. To just be like, Oh, let's save this later for card. Let's see if I still want this later. So yeah. So once a month we're doing our money meeting. Um, they're doing their allowance. The second thing that we're working on, like I said, was the budgeting. And so the kids kind of start to see this and they're not required to sit in on our money meetings, but they're allowed to. It's not some secret zone because we're trying to erase some of that like secrecy and shame for money. So they'll filter in and out. Usually they get bored and wander away, but they know like our door is open and they can join in, but it's amazing how much they pick up on. So they found that kids who you know, no matter how they get like the money, whether you're doing a chore chart or whatever, kids who have their own pocket money, they say are more aware of inflation, are more able to right have all these like yeah. great measures. And it's just from practice and exposure. And so our kids, like our like four year old was walking around Target and being like, Psh, Thirteen ninety seven for this, like that's not worth it, you know, because he's been eyeing prices and whatever, and he understands value. And the other like great thing that we do is we let them make mistakes with their money, like, of course, things that we're like, and they're starting to learn like consumer, you know, how to be a smart consumer. And we're explaining like this place doesn't do return policy, you know, eBay. You're kind of just like. I don't know, it's, yeah, uh, but it's so great that they're learning this with like small dollar amount right. and we're realizing that things that are valuable to them like we can't tell them like our son who's not really much of a spender just saved and saved and saved and then he found this insanely overpriced like power rangers toy like, basically a collector's item mm-hmm. and we we're just like oh i don't know he was so young but he bought it and he he <laughs> He used that thing forever. Like he kept track of it forever and he got way more value than if he would have bought a million small uh-huh. toys. And it's because like he knew. And so anyway, they amaze me all the time, but we also just let them make mistakes. But it's incredible what they learn when you give them a chance. And like I said, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. Once a month, sit down, give them some money, you know, let them, let them figure out what to do with it. And if they can't figure it out, let it hold over. And so. Yeah. Those are the big things. Do you have any tips for kids that are older and going out without you or? Yes. Yeah. So I, so our oldest is 12. And so he's kind of like getting closer. Yeah. So if there's like something at school, like he wants to buy a ticket to a dance, we're kind of letting him still practice. So he still is using cash. He's coming up on the age where we're going to have to figure out transition to. Yeah. Like transitioning to be like, Oh, how do we feel about? cards and cash at this point i feel like it's good like i feel like it's good to be used to cash and Mm -hmm. keeping track of things and if you don't keep track of it like you lose the ability (laughs) you actually lose the money there's no way have that money yeah so i mean there's a lot of options i haven't like yeah too much on the end of that and that's kind of like i don't know that's the beauty of it like i'm a financial educator right i have all these accolades and I'm still just like you know what like you'll get there it doesn't have to be perfect just as long as they're having 
some exposure to money and how it works, it's amazing how quickly they'll pick up on it. Whether your kids are older and you're just kind of getting around to this yeah. stuff, like it absolutely adds up. Is it ever too late to start talking about money in front of your kids? No, absolutely not. And I know this because I'm talking to adults who are <laughs> adults and they're learning about investing for the first time. Right. And, and they like, they're feeling like kind of embarrassed. I'm like, no, like you did not fall asleep in class. You did not whatever. Like, right. And, and it's amazing, like how much people can not only learn, but like really quickly make up for whatever they didn't, you know, know before. Yeah. And so investing is the last thing that I really like emphasize and teach about. So investing is probably my number one passion. Okay. And it's partially because there's a lot, there's a lot of. <laughs> I mean, you've mentioned budgeting. Roth IRAs yes. and yes. Um, yes. health savings account. And like, yes. Yes. so what things, if, if a, Mom is going to sit down with her spouse or partner and be like, okay, I listened to this podcast. Do we have yeah. these accounts? What are the things that she should ask about first? Cause I know yeah. a lot of us that are, that have been the stay at home caregiver housekeeper feel kind of out of the loop with right. some yeah. of these conversations. Yeah. So like for this very reason, that's why I created my free money challenge because I knew how overwhelming it is to sit down and be like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if we should be investing yet. Like maybe we have, you know, a little debt. We don't, I've heard something about emergency mm -hmm. fund. And so I created a step-by-step -step challenge where you awesome. get one challenge a week and you work through those things and it just takes out a lot of the guesswork. So I can tell you the first thing is you calculate your net worth. And like I said, the, you know, there's value to calculating that, but it also just acknowledges the fact that so many of us have lost track of what accounts we have. And so <laughs> as much, it's like a, a information gathering. Yeah, it's a scavenger, like a scavenger hunt, scavenger kind of. hunt yeah. for your financial information to be like, do we have a 401k? Do we have an IRA? Do we have the login for that? And so, yeah, I think um, I have a retirement do, account in a state that I haven't taught in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I in like 10 years, right? That. Like I was like, Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ha I have a video about .org, yeah. which is a free government legit website. It's not some like scammy thing. It's all the secretaries of state organized a database. Oh wow. Right? So they're like, "Oh, let's make a website so people can find a centralized way." And it's state by state, but it's like there's anyway, there's some repositories where you can check multiple states, but you'll go to unclaimed.org, you can click on, you know, the states you've lived in and search your name to see if there is money that someone owed you at some point and when they can't find you they're legally required to turn it into the state gotcha and then it's the like it's their job to track you down and so yeah there's like actually like <laughs> I, I made a video and my hairdresser did it and like someone owed her like eight hundred dollars and so she's just like got yeah it and so yeah there's a little it's awesome like that. so yeah so step one is just figuring out what accounts you have and that that's it like that's all you have to do is like figure out and you know it takes some time but once you find it you figure out the logins then you're good you know where all your money is and then i do a couple big picture exercises to help people see beyond you know just what's right in front of you on their cash so i have them figure out what their financial independence number is and I like, I talk about this all the time. I forget that I'm, yeah. there's an actual number of when you have a certain amount of investments, you can live off your investments alone. Gotcha. Like, so most people call it retirement, 
but it actually has nothing to do with your age. And there was a movement. The fire movement, right? The fire movement. Well, people figured out financial independence, retire early. Once you've invested that amount, you can retire in your right 30s, 40s, 50s. To retire in your 30s, you have to start pretty early, save very aggressively, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, most people, it's like, but still, retiring in your 50s is awesome and actually within reach of a lot of people. And so, helping people figure out, like, oh my gosh, like that's a big number. But then the next exercise is to calculate your savings rate, which is the okay. percentage of your take-home play pay that you are saving. And investing. And once again, that's just an awareness exercise because it's the same thing where it's an actual number of depending on how many more years you want to work, it's a certain percentage that you need to be saving in order to get to that financial independence. That makes sense. Right. Which I know it feels like a lot, but once again, we're only doing one of these little calculations each week and I explain it point by point and I have a little video with like (laughs) some analogies. So it's like you don't have to come in with a you know, personal finance degree. Like it's like, okay, I'm assuming people are hearing about this for the very first time. And then I talk about debt. And the reason I talk about debt is because so the the long term return of the stock market, the average annual turn is is about ten percent. And so if people are paying interest rates above that, right? So credit cards are often twenty percent they're going to be actually eroding at their net Gotcha. Worth. So that's they the magic are, number is that 10%. Yeah. So that's yeah, why so like predatory car loans are dangerous. And yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I take a little time out where it's like, Hey, if, if you have this high interest debt, you're going to focus on that. And honestly, debt payoff is not my like forte. Cause it's like a whole thing mm-hmm. and but there's so many debt content creators that yeah. I can for people to if that's their their main goal. But the one thing I can recommend is continuing to track that net worth. So you're seeing that big picture because I've worked with clients who went from negative net worths to positive and starting to contribute to their Roth IRA. Wow. You know what I mean? They build the full right. they're building to their Roth and this is in less than a year. That's and amazing. It's just because once you know what your goal is, and so I'll just tell them, I'm like, okay, work your way along, do this, and then once you're here, move on to the next thing, yeah. right? And so once they had a clear goal and they were tracking their progress, like that was all they needed. It's like the behavior kind of changed themselves because they, you know what I mean? They knew, yeah, they were seeing the measurements. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so after that, they're looking at the full emergency fund, and emergency funds sound so boring, but they are like... They're so cool. And like, no one needs to memorize this. Like I said, yeah. you can just like, this is free and it, and it sends it to you yeah. step by step. But I, I talk about, I use the analogy of rock climbing. Ooh. Okay. And, and it, I, I actually tried to watch that free solo movie. Oh gosh. It was had, terrifying. I had such like a, did your heart rate in, like, spike? The opening scene yeah. That I was like, I can't, I'm not even afraid of heights and I can't watch this. And I don't even think I finished it. Cause I was like, <laughs> we I had to so break it out. up. <laughs> yeah. So that's my analogy of trying to invest without a, like a full emergency fund is like, yes, can you do it? <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Like yeah. Yeah. some people free climb, you know, or solo climb. Would I recommend it? No. And so I call the emergency fund, like not only is it, you know, just lower your stress, like find solutions for just life. Like it's inevitable and also kind of like make budgeting less stressful. So you're not having to do it down to the penny. But that was the key. Actually, having a full emergency fund is what gave us the confidence 
to invest so aggressively, even when our income was not that high. So that's the other reason I'm passionate about investing is like me and my husband learned this stuff in college. Like I said, we lucked out. We took an elective together because we happened to both be in the business school and we, we got on this. So we have not retired yet because like my husband loves his job and we live in a high income area and don't want to sell our home. So theoretically, if we were willing to sell our home and move, we could retire now, which is like an awesome option. But even if we didn't move, we're still on track to retire early and it feels so good. And I'm like, anyone can do this. We just lucked out with the information. So that's why I'm so passionate about getting out there that I'm like, most people don't know about the fire movement. They don't know about, right. You know, savings rates. And yeah. So after the emergency fund, that's when I get into like the figuring out your monthly retirement savings. And so that's the challenge. I show you how to actually calculate how much you need to save on a monthly basis. Right. So it's like any other bill, right? Like your, your mm-hmm. mortgage or your grocery or whatever is like, okay, how much do we need to put in there? And then the different account types of to figure out, okay, like, okay, are we eligible for a Roth IRA, you know, and on and on. All and the different. Like a whole investing course if people want to walk through this, but the free money challenge like goes through. That's awesome. All of these. Yeah. And then I have like a few beyond that, like asset protection thing, like insurance and stuff that's also important. But this is kind of like, like getting people to that point. Yeah. Like I try to help them see the big picture. Cause I'm like, how am I going to get people to like excited about calculating <laughs> their monthly retirement amount? And it's like, you right. kind of have to like, see the big picture of like, no, it's like, it's this mountain. And I know it seems like a lot, but like, how great would it be to know you're on track? And then my big thing, because my audience is busy mom is realizing that you can automate it. Like financial goals can be some of the easiest things you do. Like imagine if you had a fitness goal and you could just put in the computer, like I want to run five miles a day (laughs) and be like on track to run a marathon by four months from now. And you could just hit enter and it's automated. You never have to do anything again. Like that's what you can do with investing. Yeah. You can set it and forget it. And you can set it and forget. That's my, that's my tagline. I say all the time. Cause I loved infomercials. As a kid. <laughs> that was, that exactly. was my favorite infomercial. So yeah, that's what I love. I'm like, it's, it's, it takes a bit of, you know, mental work to learn this yeah. stuff and want to set it and forget it. But once you realize like, Oh no, this is really great. And then that's what I call. So financial independence is when you can live off your investments alone. I call financial freedom when you figure out how fast you want to get to financial independence, you automate the amount and then you just know like it's it's hitting your account every month like any other automatic withdrawal. And then you just know you're on track for your goals. And then you can I'm not the person who's like spend as little as you can just because yeah. like I'm like, no, like get that set aside and taken care of so you can enjoy your money now. Like I'm big on travel. I have like 13 trips this year. I know you just took a epic trip to Paris, right? Yes. Yeah. Like I am all about enjoying your kids and your life. Now I'm not the person who's like, you need to keep making your own laundry soap (laughs) forever because it'll save you. Like if you love doing that, great. Like keep doing all the things that you love. But I'm like, yes, get these little things, you know, that maybe aren't fun, but are critical Uh of, being able to retire on time. But like after that, like figure out what you enjoy because even though investing is incredible and compound 
interest, right? Memories compound too. Yes. And the sooner you're enjoying these right. things, right? Like Your oldest is now have. 12, right? Like, I know. I know. Like, we could look at childhood, the 980 weeks, I think is what they say it is between birth to 18, yes. 960 something. And I was like, yes. okay. You could, you could break that down and decide how many memories, like mini golf is expensive, but I really want to like do things with my kids instead of just sit at home. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we have so many of those things. We have little trips. We like to take our kids on -on one-on-one trips at certain ages. And so, yeah, it's just like in the budget. We have a very healthy vacation budget. So February or March when my son turned 12, I took him to Disneyland because he loves Star Wars. Oh, we've never been to the yeah. So we did all the rides together. We took him to the special lightsaber workshop, which is so overpriced. But <laughs> I'm like, this is like we've set like we budgeted. Like I don't have to feel bad. Like we're on track for our goals. Uh huh. It's one on one. It was so special, and he loves that thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like oh, I love hearing how the fact that you know that your investments happen allows you to feel good about all these other things. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it's yeah. I'm not. Like, I don't think many really moms about think about that. Like, yes. if we can just set up the investments, you get some different freedom. That's not something yes. I've necessarily heard other people say. So I love that. Right. That's how you say it. Yes. Yeah. It's all about time freedom, and that's why I love finances are great in so many ways. Where when you're getting on track for you know retirement, whether it's just on time, like retiring early is just an option. Whether or not you want to retire early, we still want right. to. Right you know, retire eventually. But once you figure that out it and you can right automate it, spend, I'm, I'm the person I'm like, I think about finances so that you don't have to, like <laughs> my goal is not to be that person who's like, spend one hour a day, you know, tabulating up your receipts. I'm like, no, let's figure out how to make this like as simple as possible. And depending on where you are on your journey, like it's going to take some time. And that's why I've tried to like create these little things that are like, just like, feed yeah. the information to you because I I know you're busy. Like I know you're busy. Yeah, busy. and it's and, so. and it's totally just a different language. Like it, there is a learning curve, right? Like it's gonna feel awkward to think yes. about these things. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's it's and there is this intimidation factor where these terms have been used against us to try to intimidate you into thinking like, you know, shame us into thinking we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I I'm so excited about this because I'm like really it's it's not that complicated. Like once you learn the basics of long term investing and then I'll hear these stories that make my day because I have such a niche audience and yeah. such like a specific focus. So like one thing I talked about is 529 accounts, yeah. right? Which is part of the challenge. Like, like I said, you don't need to like take any notes during this. Like it all <laughs> gets handed to you, but these are education, investment, tax advantage. So you're not going to pay federal tax on the growth or the distributions for college savings, but they made an update where you can roll it over Roth IRAs. And if you don't understand anything I just said, that's okay. The point is I've been talking about this so much. And when they made the update to allow people, basically if people, they were worried their kid didn't go to college, right. didn't go to college. So they weren't contributing it. So they made it so that you can roll over up to 35,000 to a Roth IRA when your kids are like, if they didn't use it for yeah. school or whatever. And there's some rules around that to make sure people aren't just like, you know, people are using of course. it like as in, intended and stuff. Basically, it has to be at least 15 years old. Gotcha. So it's like, you know, there's some limitations like, of last intention. Minute, right? Yeah, there's some limitations. But this was a huge change because people were holding right. Because previously, like, I think I could roll it over to one of my other kids 
Potentially. Yeah. Yes, you could change the beneficiary, uh-huh. but it was very much locked in for education expenses. Right. Unless you wanted to pay penalties to take it out, which is ick. Like, yeah. and you're paying taxes on the growth. So people were just like, oh, not too much. So when they changed this, it was a game changer. So I made a bunch of videos around this and they were fun and I was kind of like dancing, but you know what I mean? Like people were getting the principles. And so my friend told me the story of she was talking to her brother-in-law. And so she is a dental hygienist, right? So she doesn't work in finance. But she followed me and watched my video and she said her brother-in-law, who's a financial advisor, was talking about 529 plans. And he was saying like, oh, but it's locked in for education expenses. She's like, well, but you know, now you can roll over up to 35000 to a Roth. He's like, no, you can't. And she was like, you know, getting nervous, but she pulled it up and showed him and he's like, that must be new. And she <laughs> was able to correct her like financial advisor brother got brother-in-law and that just made my day. That's like, fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Like there are, it's just like a few key things of learning like, okay, yes, we need to invest, like pay off debt first. And that your voice can be heard here. Like the fact that she felt confident enough to speak up on like, wait, you're wrong. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. My goal is women are already the primary decision makers for purchases, right? We have the financial power. And so I'm just, my goal is to extend people's knowledge to include investing and long-term right financial decision-making because like women are so smart. Like we pick it up, like it is right there. It's just, we were not taught this. And so it is going to be new to a lot of people and just getting over a little bit of that intimidation factor to be like, okay, maybe you're not going to understand it all today, but like you can get this, you can do this and it's going to change your life. I'm so excited. I can't wait to, dive deep into this more and I'm so glad that you're here and people can check you out at moneyfitmoms.com is that right Lisa? Money. Yeah so I have a blog and then my I'm on all the social yeah. media as moneyfitmoms awesome and yeah cool so I have two more questions for you after yes. you're like done talking about money and making fun reels how are you taking care of yourself what is your yes, self care okay. So for sure, for sure, it is my afternoon meditation and I meditate in the afternoon because that is when I'm tired (laughs) and that is right before my kids are about to come home from school. And so my energy is high in the morning. I've always been kind of a morning person. And then, you know, you have lunch and just that lull hits and I have the super awesome opportunity that I work from home. I have the ability to just chill out. And so it became, it became kind of a joke when I was visiting my mom. Cause I was like, I got to do my meditation. And they're like, okay. Cause I'm like <laughs> code for take a nap, but I'm like, okay, but what if I do take a nap? Like no shame, but there's just something so elegant about calling my meditation. Uh-huh. So I actually do like guided meditation. Yeah. If I have to be up for something, I do set an alarm just in case. <laughs> yeah. It is a huge part of my life and not cause I'm super Zen, but quite the opposite. Right. I well, I think that's, yeah meditation has brought me back to like being the type of person I want to be not because like I'm naturally calm, but because like it's a tool. So exactly. So yeah, I use the insight timer. Their app is free and they have so many great guided meditations and it's just lovely. Well, besides one-on-one trips with your kids, how else do you have family fun? 
Yeah, so we do late nights. I actually just did a post about this the other day. This was an idea I got from my friend who has seven kids. Awesome. So one-on-one time with, like, the kid with each parent was, as you can imagine, priceless. Uh-huh. But even with three kids, it's amazing how much our kids love this. They will remind us. So we do it quarterly, and we have a little reminder. But if we forgot our mm-hmm. reminder, our kids will remind us. So what it is <laughs> is the other kids will go to bed maybe a little bit earlier and then they take turns they each get a night and they get it's both mom and dad's attention which is awesome and they pick a treat and a game awesome and they're the star of the show basically it's the game they want to do and each kid picks a different game and different treat and it's just like hangout time and they like love it (laughs) you know i would think like i don't know some things take more than others but for some reason they have just they love it. We've been doing it for years. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and it's not particularly long or elaborate. Right. And really, the only planning it takes is making sure we do have some kind of treat around, or if not, it's like <laughs> that you pre-think about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll swing by Seven Eleven on our way home or whatever. So it's not elaborate, but it's so it's just a matter of doing it, and the kids feel so special. And I'm not much of a game player, truth be told. I know some people are. Yeah, that's not my mother's strength. <laughs> it's all it makes it like makes me feel a little bit better that I'm like, yes. Yeah. You lean into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's a game that you've played recently with one of them that you've really enjoyed? So so one of them played, I think it's Settlers of Catan. And this is my (laughs) six-year-old. And it's like a highly strategic game. such a long strategic game. I know. So we just like set a timer and we're like, we're going to play for this amount of time. And I'm kind of whispering to my husband, like, this does not make sense. Are we playing this way? And he's like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And that's when you realize you're like, it's not really about the game. Yeah. One of the games that my other son picked, that's like my favorite. It's called the Huga game. Oh, yeah. You know, like the coziness or something. Yeah. Yeah. So H Y G G E. And it's just like conversation cards being these insightful questions. And that's my favorite because I don't have to memorize any rules, but it's like, if you could be super good looking or super rich, which would you rather be? (laughs) Or like, what was the most like memorable holiday memory? You know what I mean? Just like a range. And I know they have some that are like kid specific versions of this kind of game you know yeah but that's great online for free but yeah just little things like that i love that you're consistent and you set up a calendar you you kind of automated this one too i i have no i always say i'm like kids mom's brain is on the computer like i i am very much like to be present where i am which means i am don't remember anything so my whole life is set by reminders and google calendars it's awesome what a good time to be alive Yes, I'm very lucky. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you so much for being here and that you have always been exactly the right mom for your three kids. So thanks for sharing with us. Let's keep calm and mother on together. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. 